about pickles that go in the bathtub? <laughs> Why do I keep dreaming about pickles in the bathtub? <laughs> Captain's Box Stardate 8311 23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of Cinema Sins to explore the Universal Star Cinema Trek. Soul. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, her best adventures happen in a generic looking space cave. It's Ambassador Danae. <laughs> what? That wasn't meant to be rude. Uh, no, 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 no. I didn't take it like that until now. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> No, my house is the generic looking space cave and you're not wrong. Like it really I, is. I basically never leave the house. Pandemic, you know, it's just it, it revealed my true self. Yeah. This is your final form. Just, this is what you actually enjoy doing. Yeah. I mean, what a horrible, horrible thing to happen to the world. And then, you know, the if there is a silver lining to it, um, I guess it's that groceries can be delivered. Yeah. My neighbors literally don't even know I exist. It's great. That's pretty normal in England as well. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think America is just catching up to us. <laughs> well, happy 100 episodes oh of God. Captain's Pod. Yeah, can we focus on what really matters? Uh-huh. Holy shit, what are we doing? This is episode 100, not including trailers, compilation stuff. This is, bam, episode 100. How do you feel after 100 different Star Trek adventures? You've basically seen 100 episodes now, more than you had before. That's insane. How do I feel? I like it. I yeah, still, yeah, I you still, still like Star Trek. I still like Star Trek. I still like, I think that we've had fun with the format of the show. Mm-hmm. I love that we introduced a live element because I really look forward to, you know, our Friday recordings and seeing the other fans that are able to join us. No shade to those of you who can't. Of course, we really appreciate you just downloading the podcast and enjoying it in its original form. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we broadcast at an awkward time as well. So we yeah, do, no we expectations. But um, I'm actually kind of more interested in what you think because this was sort of a, this could be fun. Let's try it. And then it's... Mm-hmm evolving and you know this is your wheelhouse you love star trek so i i'm kind of more curious like how do you feel after hitting 100 episodes oh it's been amazing it's been so much fun like the how it's evolved because this was just going to be let's cover star trek picard because it's new star trek that has a point of entry that a lot of tng fans can get into it's a good way for you to reconnect to some star trek but then between seasons we had to fill in the gaps so we we thought well let's we decided to because we're having a good time (laughs) yeah exactly we wanted to fill in the gaps with other star trek so that led us to a bit of tng a bit of deep space nine then it turned a bit of voyager and then it turns out the rest of the team wants to talk star trek so we get jonathan and daniel and jeremy and chris and aaron joins us and strange new worlds is a big deal so it just it kept on going because it keeps being fun and it keeps being um fun to talk about even in some of the more questionable episodes for card season two but it's still been a a great discussion um to keep going and yeah it's been really interesting to watch you connect to stuff that i as somebody who's watched so much of it have forgotten about like as a fresh pair of eyes on content i'm so familiar with you unearth things that i hadn't even thought of which is that's really really fun so it's been an education for me as well well that's cool 
So are we done then? Yeah, we're done now. We're, we're not even going to finish Lower Decks. Episode 9 and 10, I'm really sorry. <laughs> we're never going to find out what happened. They say to leave on a high note, but I feel like yeah. there's a difference between leaving on a high note and then just like <laughs> completely severing off something and like yes. leaving it to bleed out. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I'm like looking forward to is, you know, we don't really, we didn't have a, a, a solid plan. Like you said, we had the Picard plan, but we sort of added in watching other things in the in-between times last minute because our original yeah. idea was just to release a Picard podcast but mm-hmm. because term captain's pod can cover all of Star Trek yeah thank goodness we didn't call it the Picard watch along podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have in hindsight that was a terrible idea <laughs> but there's so much more we can do and mm. as new people continue to write in with their ideas of things that we could cover and then when we have these interviews there's a passion for the content of more things we could cover specifically in mm. Star Trek universe it's kind of evident that we could easily go another 100 so yeah. here's to hoping that we can continue on for another 100 episodes please continue to leave feedback um however you get your podcast if there's a chance to rate us or you know, mention us in the forums and things like that. That's really, really helpful way Mm -hmm. for other people to find us because we have, we've just been growing and it's been lovely. And we are, don't forget, we are 10% of the way through the available Star Trek episodes. So we have got 900 left to go. Let's go. Okay. We do not have time for any emails this week. We're going to dive straight into what we're covering this week, which is Lower Decks Season 4, Episode 9, The Inner fight what's going to happen this episode ambassador mm, the inner fight mm-hmm. oh my god what if it's like that movie that my mom had me watch when i was little where you go inside somebody's body being john malkovich can you imagine my mother making me watch being john malkovich when i was is, little? is that the movie no oh okay I was, well, that would have been a guess and oh, what inner movie space. are we talking about inner space inner space it was like this quirky 80s sci-fi type movie where uh, I haven't even heard somebody of this. gets shrunk down and put into like a syringe and plunged into someone's body and they're like going through. My mom w- w- is was a nurse. And so our conversations growing up when I got sick was all about she would she would have diagrams and and songs about anatomy so that I could understand how the human body works. I I, I understood antibodies when I was going into kindergarten. Like she's That's just, awesome. She just downloaded sci- like that type of science to me, which is probably why I I love it to this day, honestly. But anyway, this this was a movie where she she had me watch it. She's like, check this out. And so it's like this little right? this little shuttle spaceship looking thing just like floating through with all these red blood cells and stuff. Um, and then there's also a bad guy that's in there too. And they I think I remember them getting in the digestive juices of the stomach. Anyway. Uh, so this is incredible. <laughs> I've just Googled this film because I'd never heard of it. <laughs> and you're going to love this so, so much. I looked at the cast to begin with. Right. Okay. The lead character is Dennis Quaid. None other than Jack Quaid's father, who plays Boimler. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God. Boimler's dad is the main character what in this. Really Lieutenant Tuck Pendleton. If this is a tie-in... I will fucking to- shit my pants. I won't. I mean, I can't, that's... You I can't... I've only shit my pants once, okay? Mm-hmm. And it was a very specific circumstance. I apologize, audience. I was wearing a diaper at the time, thankfully. I had just given birth. There's a lot of reasons. 
Yeah, no, I get it. Like, that's a perfect time to poop yourself. Second Star Trek connection. Robert Picardo is also in this movie. The sarcastic doctor from Voyager. What? He's also in this that's movie. That's so fun. Okay, so... This is incredible. I'm wondering if we should have, like, a old, stupid 80s movie night, and we should watch I think, this I one. think we have to cover this on the show somehow. No, it is not yeah. in the Star Trek world. If we do that, we're going to watch so much shit that's unrelated yeah, to Captain's Star Trek. Pod, Captain's no. Pod doesn't have to be Star Trek. It does. It's just... Sci-fi. Nope. Okay, yeah. No, nope. it, it does. Yep. Sorry, audience. It's <laughs> That's amazing. I know so, so many of you were suddenly so excited to watch these old shitty movies. <laughs> uh-huh. I, that, just that, that connection alone has blown my mind. That's great. Um, well, let, let's give us one general prediction, one specific prediction. Yes. What was the title again? The Inner Fight. Okay, The Inner Fight. So this is where I went inner space, and there's this fight mm-hmm. that happens between two shuttlecrafts in the movie. So okay. my big prediction is that we're shrinking down and, and and like, or we're like going inside the body somehow. We're going inside a body. I love it. Okay. That's my- That 100% uh, on brand with Star Trek as well. <laughs> and then my very specific prediction is that there's going to be some kind of robot fight. Like either like nice. a shuttle versus shuttle or a robot versus yes. robot. Because I'm suddenly just completely, all my visuals are about this silly movie that I watched so long ago. I haven't seen it I, in so long. I might so be good. completely misremembering this movie. By the way, I, I mean, it's just incredible. The cast alone, that's just incredible. Well, my big prediction now, this has to be a reference to another TNG episode called The Inner Light. Now, I've mentioned this episode before, and this is where Picard is zapped by a probe and he lives an entire oh, life. Oh, yeah. And then it happens within 30 seconds, but he's lived like 80 years of this dying species life. I mean, I've had this happen to me, okay? <laughs> Tell me more. How, how did this happen to you? Uh, in my dreams. I have very vivid dreams. I go to sleep. Uh-huh. I have an entire experience. Yeah. I'm in, in a moment. I'm aging. I'm I'm dealing with life stuff. And then I wake up and it's just like, what even is real anymore? <laughs> I guess an evening passed. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I think because we saw that probe earlier in the season oh, as well. Yeah. It was episode one we or did, two. So I think somebody gets zapped by the probe um, and they have to live live mm, their life i think we're gonna sense. do we're gonna do some kind okay. of take on the inner light <gasps> oh we also have to consider that we're getting on towards so this is the ninth and Episode there's nine. one more and so we yep. might have more information about the whole attack sequence so maybe mm. it's involved with like their weaponry or something who knows yeah maybe they're gonna zap the ship altogether and trap them inside the probe my oddly specific prediction is that um a lasagna will be eaten like garfield style no not particularly, okay. just a lasagna will be eaten. Okay, <laughs> cool. With that, everyone, we're going to watch the episode. Thank you for downloading us over the last two years. Incredible. Here's to another 100 episodes. We will see you in 10 forward for a full debrief. Are we walking? Tweet me, man. Oh, God. Welcome to Turn Forward, the part of the show where we grab something from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, what's your thing of choice? My thing of choice? Yes, from the replicator. I would like to, I think I just want to have one of those blade shards. <laughs> from the rain, the, like the amethyst rain shard? They're really pretty. Dangerous. Really pretty, quite, quite painful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we don't have that on Earth. No. Our weather is deadly enough as it is. I mean, we do have some dangerous weather. 
Have you ever mm-hmm, been hit mm-hmm. by a uh, like a ball of ice just falling I, out of the when sky? When I first came to Missouri, I was like, why are all of your cars dented? And like right. hail damage is a real thing <laughs> over here. Like a genuine thing. Have you have you ever been hit by hail? Not your hail. I've been hit by hail, but oh, it's like counts. pea-side hail, size hail. No, your right. hail is like golf ball size hail yeah. or bigger. It's insane. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. Yeah, I must say that my vehicle is, I call it Swiss cheese. Yes. Um, My vehicle was in a terrible hailstorm and is dented all over. It looks Mm -hmm. super bad, but because it was in such terrible shape, like it looked terrible, I got to have a pretty good discount on it. And so I opted to not have them fix it so that I could have the discount because I guess at some point I just stopped caring about what my cars look like as long as they drive properly. Because the insides are written off when you have a child, I assume. Everything is just just fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I want to have a nice vehicle, but the moment that I invited a a living tiny thing in there that Mm -hmm. doesn't know how to contain herself, and then I just was like, well, let's just let the dogs in here too. And one of my dogs shit in my car. Hey, mm-hmm. welcome to the 100th yeah. episode of Captain's Pod, where we're just talking about all kinds of stuff that's completely about irrelevant. Animals. Well, speaking of animals, I would like a venomous tremble lizard. You do? But only if they're facing away from me. Okay. I would have it on like one of those baby hammocks that like go on the front, like the kangaroo things. And it's just, it piss me off, I flick it, and then it vomits okay, I- acid on you. We both want weapons today yeah which is actually, strange we both want things that are pretty but are deadly but i feel like you know how when you get a weasel like a ferret or something you can opt to have their stinky stink glands removed mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. i feel like that's what you should do with this lizard just go ahead and have <laughs> although it's acid it's blood so would be sad. hard to re- replace yeah it'll just be like hissing at everyone and nothing happens it would feel so useless <laughs> i love that live chat she's like stay on target god damn it (laughs) okay before we get into the main episode let's do no 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 let's do general let's synopsis give me a synopsis fuck yes um guys hey we were right the the writers of lower decks actually want us to know about mariner's inner dialogue and why she has been self-sabotaging in today's episode we are confirmed that the writers actually care about what they're doing. It wasn't just this superfluous bullshit. Mm-hmm. We we get to finally kind of have a little bit of insight into Reason. her mental wackadooness. Does yeah. it does it make sense? Doesn't matter. At least they gave it a good stab. Um, this is a big episode mm-hmm. where our beloved or most of our beloved crew we're we're, we're missing Rutherford. Um, our 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 little our little B team here goes down to a planet where all of the, the, the captured ship people have been marooned mm-hmm. on a very dangerous planet that shoots out ice stuff. Uh, oh, also in this episode, if you want to be reminded that the captain does know what she's doing, you'll question it a lot. There's a tiny person puppet, but then nope, she knows what she's doing. The end. <laughs> Close. That's a pretty solid one. Yeah. 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 I got so sidetracked by my dog. The Cerritos <laughs> is sent on a mission to rescue Nick Lacano. Oh, yeah, that asshole. Ex-Federation 
people are being targeted by the mystery ship. And because Mariner is being so unstable, she is sent off to a different planet with half of the lower deckers to keep her distracted. Um, little does she know that Nick is behind it after all and is coming to get her. And we're also teased by possible, like, Seven of Nine and Beverly in this so one. So much teasing. Was, and Thomas so Riker. Teasing. So much teasing. So... <sighs> Overall, thoughts and feelings, before we get into specifics, did you like this episode? Yes, I did. I thought this was a good episode that needed to show us some of the evolution of of where we're going in our seasonal arc. Although last episode seemed to be like a one-off, and I wondered if the whole, like, they're in the cave and they come out and they've been attacked thing didn't happen. I, I really got a little too attached to that so mm. i was i was slightly disappointed this time um but yeah I, overall i liked it it was interesting to watch it and and watch none of our predictions come true <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh well let's let's get into the predictions i'm glad you enjoyed the episode so did i i had a great time there's a lot to talk about in this one especially with mariner's background um but yes our predictions deny the episode title in a fight led you to think that this might be like in a space which is a movie yeah about shrinking people so you yes. predicted that they may shrink inside down of a body and go inside, inside a body. of a body might be your most inaccurate prediction yet <laughs> although i predict off. that will happen in season five <laughs> it was this was not off. a shrinking episode although mm-hmm. it could have happened um your specific prediction was there will be some kind of robot fight I also don't did, think there was. Also didn't no, happen. Nothing, no. nothing with robots happened. It's a, it's a swing, swing and a miss, miss. There was a lot of fighting in this episode, but none yeah. of it was a robot. Like there was a ton of hand-to-hand combat. There was. Unless we find out Mariner is an android. It was wild. No. Yeah, there was a lot, a lot of action. My big prediction was that this would be a spin on the inner light, but it was not. It had nothing to do with that episode no. of TNG. And my specific prediction would be that lasagna would be eaten. I did not see any lasagna. We we were so we did wrong. terrible this week. It was so really bad. bad for our 100th episode. We really fucked that up. Sorry, we really did. Just an unexciting episode. Just skip this and go to 101. Mm-hmm. So I also <laughs> didn't predict um, a big cameo, which is Nick Lacano. Right? You have no idea who Nick Lacano is. Did you feel lost? Did it put you off the episode? Did it still work regardless? Talk to me about that reveal. Honestly, until right now, I thought it was funny because he was a nobody. So the fact that he is a somebody makes me yeah. kind of mad. Oh, interesting. Because it was like, it, what was funny for me, what I thought the joke was until just right this second is that it was a string of really famous people that we know. Oh, and then just this, this they kid get that we with don't. The random. Yeah. Which would be really fun for those of us who don't know the deep digs, but we know the big names. So like when yeah, uh-huh. Seven of Nine and Beverly Crushers mentioned um and then it was just like nick i thought nick that was Lacano. really funny but now it's something important so it been a great gag yeah Ugh. so he appears in one episode and it does i think when i explain it to you it will tie in a little bit it will tie in quite well so we're gonna jump to mariner's backstory so she reveals that her kind of reason for butting up against promotions and for being so rebellious is due to a lot of trauma and she went to the academy with somebody called Sito. Now, really, really quick, Sito has appeared in two episodes. Oh, wait, of, of Lower Decks? Or? Of TNG. Oh, whoa. So wait. she went to the academy with somebody that we know from two episodes of TNG. Okay. 
So this episode gets really, really layered really, oh, really there quickly. there is so much going on. Like when you, if, if you were to make this episode a layer cake, it would be one of those that somebody presents to a king and queen for a competition. Yeah. And it's something that's like five feet deep because there was, even in the fight scene, they're mentioning all these battles and there's so many references in this one that I'm sure were delicious. For, mm-hmm. for me, you're the, if the question is, did you still enjoy it despite that? Yes, I did. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. What, and did Mariner, like her explanation make sense without the knowledge of who Sito is? I mean, it, it felt like, somebody that's expositing why something has been bothering them and they put the right words to it to make it make sense for me. Yeah. But I didn't even know that that was a real person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a, it's a re- for me, it's a really, really interesting pull because Sito is quite a deep cut as is Nick Lacano. Nick Lacano, who's the person they're chasing, Sito Jaxa, who is Mariner's best friend, they were both in an episode called The First Duty in TNG. Basically, Wesley goes off to the academy. There is a shuttle accident where they're pulling off this ridiculous stunt. Nick Lacano tries to cover all of it up after their fourth team member dies because of a stunt that he was trying to pull off. So they go through all of this trial and whatnot. And eventually, Wesley comes forward and says i can't cover this up we were trying to do this stunt it's illegal and it got this person killed nick lacano steps up and takes the blame for all of it and sito is kind of on the edge she's kind of like i don't want to risk my career in starfleet but i also feel bad that this person died but eventually she's like she's going to go along with nick lacano and go along with the lie nick when he knows he's going to be found out, takes full responsibility and everyone else is allowed to continue in Starfleet. But Nick gets expelled, puts him on the path that we see him in now. A year later, Sito appears on the Enterprise as an ensign. She's um, graduated from the Academy and Picard like brings her in and basically says, I don't think you should be on this ship. After what happened in the Academy, I don't think you're worthy of this get out of my face oh man i don't want to be in that room awkward it is in his his (sighs) captain's ready room and he's just like dismissed get out of my face i don't want you he kicks her off leave no just get out of my room like she's allowed to carry on she's allowed so the episode is called lower decks which is really 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 cool so it follows it follows three or four people that are like gunning for a promotion and Sito is one of them. Okay. And they're all trying to impress Riker and whatnot. And Picard's basically like, you're not going to progress on this ship because of the shit that you pulled at the academy. You're not worthy of the uniform. Get out. Uh, uh. By the end of the episode, he was actually trying to test her character and see if she would progress no matter what. And whether that would be the thing that said, I quit, I'm out, or if she would continue. Because she's a Bajoran, and there is a specific mission that Starfleet needs her to go on, but only if her she's really strong of character. So he's like, you stood up to me, you accepted my beat down, I think you're good enough to go on this really dangerous mission. Okay. Anyway, long story short, she goes on the mission and dies. Now, now Mariner mentioned that she went on the mission as a spy and like that uh-huh. she didn't join Starfleet to be a spy. She joined Starfleet to study plants and stuff. Yeah. Like, essentially. Yeah. She was inspired to like do the science and to do the puzzles. And then straight out of the academy, basically the first mission her best friend goes on, gets her killed. 
And then a few years after that, the Dominion War happens, and it's suddenly not about exploration, it's about sending people to die. So she doesn't want to get promoted, because that means sending your friends off into war and to getting killed and, and whatnot. And yeah, Picard sends Sito off to get killed, because it's part of the job. Okay, okay. So Mariner in today's episode is basically saying that the entire time that she's been sort of in Starfleet, she's been wrestling with the fact that her friend that she like looked up to and sort of fashioned herself after Mm -hmm. was told by her superiors to go do this thing. And then she ends up dying. And now she is the superior that has people underneath her and she's going to make these calls and they're going to die. And, exactly. and it's kind of messing with her psyche. Yeah. And really, okay. she just wants to do the puzzles and shit. And the Klingon is like, you don't get the puzzles and shit unless you make those hard choices as well. So she would rather put herself in danger or spiral out than ask yeah. other people. So like, because exactly. in this in today's episode, we see her instead of working with her team, she's running out into danger, solving things. Because maybe in her mind, it's like, I'd rather just die and get this over with <laughs> mm-hmm. than have yeah. to face the fear of being a leader. Is exactly. essentially kind of what I'm getting. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much what it. And I really like that as a reason. And it's kind. It's really. Uh, I don't know why I didn't see it coming. The episode is called Lower Decks. So Mariner is friends with two of the original Lower Deckers that were ever named on TNG, Nick Locarno and Sito wow. um, Jaxa. It's That's such so a fun. clever tie-in. Well, I love that about this show because this show has this... Um, it, it continues to show such a deep care and respect for the material. So it's not a surprise that you'll see fun references, but then whenever it's a deep tie-in, and in this case, it's a deeper tie-in because we're talking about Mariner's crutch. We're talking about like, mm-hmm. you know, earlier in this in this particular, you know, run of uh, episodes we're doing for the show, we talk about character flaws being written into different characters and how important it is that when you design a character, there are flaws so that you don't win every scenario because it's hard to relate to somebody who wins all the time. <laughs> yeah. And in this case, you have Mariner who has been self-sabotaging, but it hasn't made a lot of sense to us. So to make her crutch and her issues tied into something that's so deep in the history of Star Trek that mm-hmm. fans can really sink into, that's really special. What a great it's show. It's really, really special. It's so, so clever. And that doesn't stop with Nick Locarno either, because Nick was originally going to get a redemptive arc and be Tom Paris in Voyager, because it's the same actor. So Robert Duncan oh, McNeil okay. was Nick Locarno first in TNG in this episode. But there, I think the writer who wrote that episode wasn't associated anymore, and they would have had to pay royalties to keep using that character. So they renamed him Tom Paris, gave him a really similar backstory where he ended up in prison. And this was redemptive arc for brand new Tom Paris instead of Nick Locarno. Weird. We've had a bit of a back and forth with some live fact checking in the chat as well. And I, it feels like the consensus overall and coming from Robert Duncan McNeil himself. Robert is that it was Duncan more, McNeil. It was more <laughs> about the fact that Nick Locarno was irredeemable having killed a student and was trying to cover it up that was too much to come back from so it's not the royalties thing it's more like let's start fresh with a character that has some misdemeanor problems and didn't actually kill a kid um which i get and that's how tom paris was born you know (laughs) i 
I think I first of all, I'm not following any of this, but thank you for it's going fair. into it's it. Fair. Uh, I, I like the idea that Starfleet has some standards, um, but that like as people, we want to think that we are redeemable after making terrible, horrible mistakes like mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, I'm just I'm just rewatching in my imagination all of the terrible, horrible things that people have done on this. Ep- like like entire civilizations have fallen, but yeah. that's OK for Starfleet. But like, you know, it's got to just make sense yeah. for how it makes sense. Doing some evil, evil can evil stuff. Either way, what I'm far. what I'm learning is that this character has a backstory to a backstory to a backstory, and he does. that's really fun. It's really interesting, regardless, to bring him back and to develop upon it. Um, okay, now that we've got through the big business of it, I mean, personally, I love that we got through the Mariner stuff. I think that makes so much sense for me. I almost wish we got there sooner because that informs so much for me about why mariner acts the way that she does and how she butts up against it like i've been scratching my head for the last two years like are we just writing this in a circle and this is just it's a great resolution for me i really 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 enjoy it and it's one of those things where i think i'm going to enjoy previous episodes even more because i know i can't i understand where it's coming from so much more yeah it was it was a little distracting to me because she was self-sabotaging so intensely but it is nice to know that there's a reason. And maybe if this episode, if I'm understanding this episode, she's kind of come to her own uh, conclusion that she can move on from it. And how funny that it came from a Klingon battle. Oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's such beautiful a mirror thing. The therapy comes from a Klingon. It, <laughs> like, she is a Klingon at heart. She from really an is. actual life and death situation. It, it took that for her to have a turnaround. And honestly, in real life, I think that's really normal that mm. you have a brush with death or a resignation Trauma. that because until she knew that her quote-unquote secret or her not sharing her truth because she wasn't telling anyone else this she only mm-hmm. said out loud Mm. Uh, like her personal trauma out loud because she thought that either that person was going to die or she was going to die so she was in a situation where there wasn't really anything to lose yeah um i mean i didn't know that klingon battles can be put on pause due to constrained territories but you know what in this episode they can sometimes (laughs) and that's okay (laughs) that's fine um but yeah i'm glad that this is part is kind of done and this meaningful part of her development is done and i wonder if for the for future seasons if that means that she's ready to lead because clearly she's good at it you know Mm -hmm. she rallied the entire planet together at the end to unify multiple races who all hated each other for a common goal and a common cause. And she was the leader in caves as well. Like, she's the best leader of all of them in a lot of ways. Um, what's interesting for me is what happens next. Like, does Mariner now talk about this with Miglimu? Does she address it with her mother? Does she talk to her lower deckers? Because the only person that knows is this Klingon. Yeah. So she could, the show could, well, let her continue as she yeah. has been continuing and not mention it again mm-hmm. and just we and this we the audience and this random Klingon know or does she talk to Boimler and everyone else about it yeah it's it's something that I'm okay with whatever they decide to do I don't know that I mind that it took until now to sort of have the revelation because mm-hmm. the pacing of each episode I've enjoyed so much that I kind of think it makes sense in this moment to reveal her purpose because it makes sense. Now, you bringing it up first, like as we're doing the recap of today's episode and you kind of bring this part to the forefront, was this the big thing for you in this episode? Her 
the, the, the tie to actual true lower decks. Like yeah. when you think about this episode, is that what you're going to be thinking about? Because for me, I would have never thought about that. Of course that. not. And that's probably one of my critiques is that those layers are in two very old episodes of Star Trek. And those layers will be quite easily missed unless you do some Googling. And if you're new to the show, but this is where Lower Decks is skirting that line of being self-referential and welcoming and also like doing the the real, real deep cuts. Like, yes, that is the thing that I'm going to think about in this episode, especially with Nick Lacano being present. If it wasn't Nick Lacano and it was just Seto, then I guess, okay, cool. That's a good way to explain Mariner. But Lacano was there with them as well. Like he was adjacent to this adventure with Seto back at the academy so the fact that he's picked up mariner specifically yeah that entire lower decks thing is what i'll think about most in this episode for sure well that's interesting because obviously i won't <laughs> yeah no of course i mean now that i have not everybody has their own little pocket wikipedia buddy like my little my little tricorder <laughs> yeah dude that i can go tell me what i'm so what am i missing and then you're like uh here's the backstory that you're missing so i not everybody gets to have that while watching the show i really oh god i feel like such a broken record with this this show but it really takes uh it takes such an the writers are just so good <laughs> because yes because it's it didn't take away from me i had a fun time watching mariner kick ass this That's episode awesome. i had a yeah. fun time watching wondering what was going to happen when the team woke up and realized that mariner was gone you know i, I was just mm. enjoying watching what i was watching like and also it's pretty obvious that this this episode is a chunkier setup for the close of the story next episode it, not surprising at all that this is kind of a two-parter where there's a to be continued at the end because mm -hmm. there's a lot going on and and sure some of it seemed a little bit silly and forced but it was really really fun too not but yeah. i mean the fighting was my favorite part i when i think about this episode i think i'm going to be remembering this episode had so much hand-to-hand -hand combat. So much hand-to-hand -hand <laughs> combat. It was insane. So let's get into that. Because in this episode, on one planet, we have the amalgamation of all of the aliens that have been kidnapped and zapped and transported by Nick Lacano and his ship. Klingons, Romulans, Ferengis, Cardassians, Orions, and Binars and humans all on the same planet and a Vulcan with Tallinn. I mean, yeah, that's the big aliens. Like, that's all of them from Star Trek. You're missing Andorians, maybe? But, like... They threw every alien into the soup on this planet and into hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's kind of cool. It's kind of like Mike McMahon w went to the writers and said, just go ahead and do it. I know you want to have them all here. I know you Just wanna. fuck it up. Go on. Because you've got to be careful with that because you can animate whatever you want. So you can throw in everybody. I mean, you stick a Borg in there and then you really do have all of them. But yeah. it's, well, Borg it was, was mentioned fun. This and I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it was done really well because it makes sense with the rest of the season how they've been picked off and transported here. We still don't know why, I think. We still don't know why. Nope, I don't think so. I think we know that there was somebody who was whispering mutiny into every Because mm, uh, mm -hmm. that was in on it. Yeah, yeah, there was something that was mentioned like, oh, that's how it happened on my ship too. So mm. obviously Nick behind it all has somehow kind of gotten into the ear likely through this planet that we saw today which was sort of the rebel planet in the yeah the ruleless planet um mm. which i rather enjoyed that as well um 
so you have this sort of this sort of conglomeration of references that I as a nerd assume you were just really really enjoying for me I enjoyed it too it's really fun to see all the different characters and races together but it made sense in my mind at least yeah I agree they were fighting for resources like we didn't have to see all of the build up to that it's just they've been there the whole time and they did a good job of showing us visually that there was you know a really prude weapon not prude weapons but like Prim, prim, crude. crude weapons yeah they're yeah, just primitive. they're primitive they're just surviving they're like mm-hmm. fighting over resources and w- their clothes are tattered and that sort of a thing that made sense to me um and it was fun it was fun and it made sense and we had we had a lot of adventure there was a lot of momentum in this episode yeah from from the shuttle that was being chased by a decloaking Warbird, like yes. that was so fun to watch, right? Oh, it's so pretty. It was so just pretty. The, 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 the Klingon ship flying and chasing the shuttle and then going into the planet. Even the Cerritos jump, that drop out of warp, zoom in on the Cerritos flyby. They've animated this show beautifully. It's so we keep saying it. It's so, so pretty. Well, they even like, so when the when the Cerrito burrito kind of shifted away to go towards the moon, it just looks really, really yes. not everything. Or or the the, sh- the the pretend ship that, that was like from the bounty, quote unquote, bounty hunter that looked so fucking mm. bad ass yes. by the way Ugh. you know that whole that whole sequence i was like "Ooh, who's that person whoa oh it's so fun and i was trying to like nitpick why all of these aliens are on the same planet and i'm like man this is gratuitous and i'm like no it's not because all been it kidnapped. makes sense while they're all why they're all here so play with your toys you've done the setup mm-hmm. now you get to have fun with it and it's just really 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 well done yeah so i think when i look back on the episode i'll probably remember the fighting more than I'll think of anything else. And of course, Mariner, mm. sort of her revelation, that's yeah. what will kind of stand out to me. But it obviously is still doing a lot of the heavy lifting for the culmination of this entire season's arc of this great mystery. So my next question mm. to you uh, mm. is how did you feel about, so you've got Captain standing in front of this, you know, the ship schematics, 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 We'll be talking schematics if I correct your pronunciation of schematics. Sea sea captains. There's a picture (laughs) of it that the guy drew. (laughs) Um, And we're looking at that. And so the captain is realizing, oh, shit, this is the person behind everything. I mean, obviously, it's a sin for that person to leave behind any evidence anyway. But Oh, of course. um, What in the minimalist? Yeah, that was really fun. (laughs) What do you think Nick wants with Mariner? Is it that? he didn't want oh her goodness. i assumed that she was doing such a great job of rallying people that he's like i can't risk having this person down there and then just kind of zipped her out we've got to listen to his last line which is me and you are going to cause some trouble like i my instinct is that he's still bitter about being shipped off out of starfleet and that his goal is to destabilize the quadrant but we've seen that story before and he's just he's kidnapped i mean my we don't see their ships so he's kidnapped everybody and he has their ships so i wonder if it's like a false flag thing where he's gonna send these ships to attack certain places and create this huge galactic war to create more of a lawless society throughout the galaxy that mirrors the planet that he's hanging out on like maybe he wants to destabilize everybody so that he can live a bit more freely, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of hope it's something deeper than that. Yeah, I'm really curious 
you know, Mariner's done such a fantastic job for so, so many reasons. I think it's going to be interesting to see that she just had this revelation about her rebelliousness and her fearlessness in putting herself in danger because she didn't have anything to lose. She has this revelation and then she's put right in front of the person that could be maybe the most tempting, I yeah. suppose. But wasn't, I feel like she also had, a, she did, she, didn't she start off with that archaeologist that yes. was like, you don't want to work for Starfleet. And, yes. and so she wasn't working for Starfleet for but a hot minute this was the end there. of season three. She uh, left right. Starfleet okay. and left with the archaeologist, but then the archaeologist was up to no good. So she was like, oh, I guess I'm back. Yeah. So she does have something that she, she said she loves Starfleet. and, and She does. Yeah, and she so wants to be there. I'm curious what she'll do and the perception mm. i feel like they're gonna really lean on to the like the perception that mariner is being rebellious and blowing things up but then she has to like prove that she wasn't really doing it the whole time kind of mm -hmm. kind of vibe but um i'm really excited for the final one i always get yeah, nervous for too. finales though because well, you know there can be a lot they're they're kind of set up but mm -hmm. there's a lot to there's a lot to cover too so we'll see yeah I'm really excited for it. I think it's clever to bring Nick back as a path that Mariner could have accidentally gone down. And maybe I imagine that she'll see parts of herself in him and realize, I actually like the yeah. Starfleet bits. I like the structure yeah. that Starfleet has given me. I like the structure that Starfleet gives the universe and that we're not here starting wars. We're here trying to prevent them. It's not our fault that wars keep happening. It's not every day that you get to watch such a purposeful crafting of a character and i think the animation yes. um as a medium really lends itself to this sort of thing because you get to be really intentional in a different i don't know in a different kind of a way than with the with the acting um you know asking for live action and things like that but you have yeah. potentially here the writers going hey if we're gonna make mariner the captain of all captains it's got to make sense Mm -hmm. So she has to come to some kind of a personal revelation that her rebelliousness is done and she needs to meet face to face what that is. What does that look like? Ah, oh, man, I just wish I was in the writer's room with those because oh my goodness, to, so to think that Nick is going to be part of that tied into the lower decks, like you said, it really is just juicy. Uh, it's so juicy. What else it's do you so want to cover fun. from this episode, though? Um, so I think we should do more about the B plot, which it, I guess I guess it's the B plot. This is on like the criminal planet. I really liked how they they say that it's lawless and it's full of criminals but their expectations are kind of subverted as well because they have more order than you'd expect like they have waiting lists and they have like their own oh, society that was so funny. it's just not like starfleet um and it kind of seems that the captain gets caught out by that but she's actually in on it yeah that was really really fun <laughs> yeah oh i see that you're your wait just got thirty minutes longer. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, it was a it was very clever uh, planet. It mm. is fun to see that the captain who you can make assumptions is going to be the bumbling captain that doesn't actually know what she's doing, but then she's really really smart. I love that they do that. I always find it interesting that the captain will keep key people out of the loop, though. I suppose just so that they're genuinely surprised and genuinely annoyed, it lends itself that the what was the guy in the mask the the oh he's the chief engineer what's his on name the again do you billups. remember billups yeah, yeah. Billups. so it's billups all along i was sort of it's hoping it was going to be boy. somebody else but i don't know who it would have been seven of nine like actually deliver 
on mentioning Seven of Nine and then bring her in. I know they mentioned Beverly twice. There's, I you know, when Boiler dreams about tap dancing with her. Oh, it's so fun. And you've seen that episode. I you've know. seen the tap dancing one. I actually wrote down, like, I understood that reference. I understood that reference. <laughs> A reference that I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have got that was, it slayed me, was the puppet. The, the alien that she thinks is a puppet but isn't a puppet. Yeah, so I have what's no idea. great is that this is a Balok or Balok. I can't remember the pronunciation. It's it's this big old alien head. Uh-huh. And in one of the episodes of TOS, they come into contact with this alien and it's they communicate via this via the view screen and it's this really, really scary alien. By the end of the episode, an alien that looks like a tiny baby, but obviously talks like an adult, and they use that puppet alien to intimidate people. And it's like, well, nobody will take me seriously unless I have this alien thing. So she remembers that and assumes that this is a puppet and starts slamming it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's clearly a puppet. And it's not. It's the actual alien. I thought it was a puppet, too. It's so good. And I should have known better, better because it's so heavy handed. Yeah, because the head you know, spins around. And then you've got like the smoke coming out and yeah. it's sort of like this uh, staccato vocali- vocalization, you know, where it's kind of like cutting in and out a bit. And it's so great. I thought, oh, this is really on the nose. This is like the man behind the curtain, Wizard of Oz situation. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she picks it up, I... I, I thought something something is doesn't feel right. And well, as soon she as just she starts pi- beating it. As soon as she <laughs> so picked wrong. it up. I felt so bad for laughing so hard. But it's so funny <laughs> because this alien is just like, what are you doing to me? Stop it. <laughs> Stop beating me. And it's so great because that alien head is in the closing credits of TOS. They would do like some flashing pictures and that alien head is always there. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's it's it's so great because as soon as she picked him up, and there's no alien there. I'm like, oh no, this is the OG. This is the one. And it's just, it's so, it's so it's brilliant. It's got the little like, chair that was there. Oh, and his tiny little arms. <laughs> they get all of the proportions right. Like, this isn't an alien that was invented. No. This is an alien that was copied. Yeah. It's just, it just adds yeah. an extra layer He's, to the canon. It's so good. It's got great. all the internal organs just all up in there. Just, it's just it's so and he's mm-hmm. just so sad he's like look at you starfleet you think you can walk in here and just pick up anyone you want oh that's crazy oh, yeah i really so enjoyed great. that I love although it. i was most interested in our a plot which is not surprising at all because i love yeah. i love our characters and it was nice to see to lynn again honestly yes she, when she does like the vulcan pinch and such and then she yes. kind of like gives a little shade to mariner about like yeah i know you're gonna try to help out but yes <laughs> just it's what a wonderful way to just remind the audience that everyone is fully capable on their own it's just mariner mm-hmm. is not using them to their full their full advantage because mm-hmm. she's got her own stuff that she's working yeah on. for sure uh, amazing yeah. anything else that stood out to you any questions anything you loved before we do some sinning no i think we covered everything i really and i really enjoyed visually i i thought it was fun there was some laughs and yeah, yeah i think i think we're ready to move on to the sins of the show love it yeah really really fun what a great episode again it's been a great great season uh let's over to engineering for some sins battle stations everyone warning warp core collapse in 10 seconds this is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains remind ourselves that no tv shows about sin even our beloved star trek go first ambassador well today i get to tell you i get to drop some canal do it 
So I learned something on a script recently because my writing partner had this um, sin. Nice. That there that apex predator like the the idea. Oh no no. Al, oh, I said apex predator, didn't they? That isn't a sin. I just realized it. <laughs> this is a great now. journey. I'm well, happy to take it with you. <laughs> so the sin that I'm talking about was about the alpha of a pack. Yeah. Which is different than an apex predator. To the apex predator, correct. But because I was writing down my notes so fast, because mm-hmm. we're doing it all in the moment. I just realized that the show said Apex Predator, not Alpha. So, yeah. Correct. But the yeah. knowledge is that uh, Alpha of a pack is actually a, a myth. Just so you know. In all cases? I mean, so there's no like Alpha Wolf. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's it. That, that. They've been able to basically <laughs> say this isn't really a thing. There's no there's like. There's no one leader. There's no one leader that then fights another leader for the leadership mm. position. They're more like a family. Interesting. Well, I trust yeah. scientists that have watched this more than I have. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting thing to learn, but now it's completely unrelated to this episode, and I apologize. But we're going to keep it in because we educate know. people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my first thing was Mariana should be fired for making that guy lose an eye. Like, she's so careless, and he loses an eyeball because of it. Are they just going to regenerate one? Is this like, like okay, so if, if someone dies in a shuttle accident, mm-hmm. you can't bring them back from that. So that's no. like it. But if it's like a limb situation, then it's okay. I mean, either way, he still goes through the pain and trauma of losing an eyeball. Either way, it happened. Whether you have the eye or not, that hurts, I would imagine. Well, it's, it just feels like that's more of a we prefer this not to happen situation. I I don't know. if Even if I know my eyeball can be grown back, if somebody results in my eyeball being lost, I will be mad at them. Right, but it's it just part hurt. of the job. No, I don't think it is. I don't it think is. Mariner being a dick is part of the job. Ironically, it's very similar to the situation where her buddy got killed because somebody, you know, made a call. She made a call and somebody lost an eye. <laughs> Nobody was consenting to her call, though. Sito agreed. Nobody agreed for Mariner to pull that shit. Mm-hmm. She should be in trouble. Uh, my next one is the idea that uh, the reveal at the end that the person in the mask wasn't really a bounty hunter could have been done on the ship out of not quite so in the open. Mm. Like, cool, you use the biases against, you know, you, you use everyone's bias against Starfleet to your own advantage. Good on you, Captain. Maybe just go inside to do the reveal with the helmet. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're kind of... This is immediately exposing your plan when you think the plan has been completed. It's like, no, it can still go sideways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, Man, the show... Nearly developed, nearly delivered on one of my predictions, which was that Mariner is going to have to deal with Miglimu and actually go through some therapy. And I was like, how are we going to take Miglimu seriously when he's been the butt of so many jokes and he's just vomiting? Like, I won't eat that unless it's been regurgitated by my mother. But then her mother is just like, we don't have time for therapy. Take her away. I'm like, what do you mean? If you are that concerned, relieve her of duty, put her through therapy. This plan to use so many resources to distract her while you take the ship on its actual mission, it's insane. You are you are basing your command decisions yeah. on insanity. 
Yeah. And then you have the sin of the convenience that the little relay thing that they're fixing happens to be uh, right above the planet where all of the captured people happen to be. And there happens to be a Romulan sh- or a, a, a Klingon ship that just yeah. happens to be able to see them. You know, like, yeah, it was a very it was a very convenient situation. She gets sent to the one place that they were actually trying to get to to find Lacano. And this is just a random side mission. The coincidence is unbelievable but at the same time believable because there's people who have actual moments in time of just being in the right place at the right time and it is so strange how yeah, it always works out that way tv we'll you don't get it. that yeah on tv you don't we'll get that pass it. because you wrote it that way when the universe does it it's random it's coincidence right, right. when you write it it's because right. you wrote it yeah okay your turn oh no i just said the convenient planet it's back to you Oh, okay, cool. That's all kind of, it's all it's so convenient. It's Dissing so convenient. therapy, ignoring therapy, and then convenient planet is convenient. Um, character says something embarrassing while sleeping cliche. Um, <laughs> Beverly, teach me how to tap dance. Just the second that Mariner happens to be walking over him. Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story? That's Please? completely unrelated to our podcast. Always. Okay. So we were hanging out last year, like you were visiting last year sometime, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it like our whole family, so all of us were together. And I think you felt you pretended to fall asleep, and mm-hmm. Iris was there. Yeah. And you did the cliche thing oh, where you say goodness. something yes, yes, out yes. loud. Yes. And you said something like "pickles don't go in the bathtub." So like your yes. your, your your eyes are closed. You're pretending to be like "pickles don't go in the bathtub," you know. And you said something pretending funny like I'm that. Pretending I'm sleep talking. Yeah. Iris, my daughter, thought that it was so funny. She still does that to this day. So it's like we, 18 months later. It's like we're, we're in bed. It's time to go to bed. And she's like calming down and we're like snuggling up. And and I'm like, okay, baby, it's, it's time to go to sleep. Close your eyes. And she'll go, oh, pickles don't go in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she'll have that memory and eventually not realize where it came from. She's, she's like, like, why do I keep oh. dreaming about pickles in the bathtub? <laughs> she still, thinks that shit is she hilarious though. It. It's oh so my great. God. The, anyway. the stuff that they latch onto is so fun. That's amazing. Uh, do you have a sin? That isn't um, me making up stuff that makes your daughter laugh. No, I don't. And I'm tempted to go to the, to the, um, how many more do you have? I guess is the question. Uh, I've got one more. I've got one more. Um, okay. We have, we have a deus ex tendinina um, when Mariner is basically like, I'm a pacifist now. I'm not going to fight you. They all run in and Tendi jumps out at that second. We would, we would try and merge a deus ex tendinina. Tendina? Tendinina? De- mm-hmm. Deus ex ten- tendi Nina? Deus ex Well we should just call her like the moon princess Or whatever she is Yes Deus ex moon princess Ina. Yeah yes. Ina. Yeah Yeah. That would, that would be my main one And then the ex- No I no got... no I'll do one from the chat Okay go for it Because this one's from David Ellis who says uh, Sin when did the Klingon blood go back to Pepto-Bismol pink <laughs> It was red all through TNG It's amazing In the undiscovered country They introduce purple blood for Klingons For some bizarre reason They ignore it for all of TNG And then some side canon reason Was that the Klingon royal family has purple blood And the regular Klingons don't But I don't think that's the case <laughs> in this case Unless they're all royal Klingons But it could just be a genetic thing It seems weird Apparently it's because their blood is based not on hemoglobin like ours or something like that back to you <laughs> oh back to me i'm i i don't i don't have any more i just got oh, really okay. fixated on how coincidental it is that mariner gets sent away to the very place that they don't want her to be sent to and they had no idea about that yeah um there's a lot of sins that are left over in the chat so we will we'll get to those um 
later. Do you ever include those in the outtakes? I do. I include some. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then there might be some extra bonus sins in the outtakes. Extra sins. There's definitely trick or triction in the sins. Um, This week it's future and No, it's not. That was last week. This week it's a matter of time with Danae. Do you remember the name of the the main character in this trick or triction? Scoobops McGoobelin? Nope. Berlinghoff Rasmussen. It sounds like a medication. You know, it sounds like Robitussin or something. Like mm-hmm. it, it, like it's something that will put you to sleep. Yeah, Berlinghoff Rasmussen. Try some Berlinghoff Rasmussen before bed. <laughs> Berlinghoff Rasmussen in this. <laughs> Amazing. Um, right. Well, happy 100th episode, everybody. I'm sorry it didn't line up with the actual finale of Lower Decks. We're hey. one episode short. Hey. What you gonna That's do? Fine. What you gonna do? Thank you for sticking with us for a hundred episodes and hopefully a hundred more. F- you can find us at all of the regular places, like on Twitter at CaptainsPodCS. You can email us CaptainsPod at CinemaSins.com. We have a Discord. It's discord.gg slash CinemaSins. We go live almost every Friday at 12:30 CT on cinemas on twitch.tv slash cinemasins live on the youtube cspn channel where all of these videos are archived you can go and have a look and we're trying to go live on twitter as well and on today's channel we will see you all next week and until then i'm captain ian and i'm out of here because my adrenaline ran out two panics ago and what in the minimalist hell from <laughs> never long and Bye. thanks for listening Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I could say something interesting, but instead I'm going to fuck around on my phone until Danae gets here. Did your parents, like, ever do this annoying thing where they waited until you were, like, grown up, moved out, and gone before getting the cool stuff? Because my parents messaged me a load of pictures this last week of some cool decorations that are like outside the house, inside the house, this skeleton that has like different voice lines and it lights up. And they're like, how cool is this? And I'm like, would have been cool when I was 12. (laughs) They have this freedom and like extra money because they're uh-huh. not spending it on a kid That's to it. enjoy life. And I'm like, That's I it. was really a burden, yeah. wasn't I? Yeah. And I guess you've yeah. got both sides of this with Iris. Like it's a constant thing of this is really, really cool, but I got to say no. <laughs> All the time. She has great things. She wants to buy amazing things. If I take her to the store, she'll yeah. see something and she's like, can I have it? Can we have that? We could do this. That'd be so neat. Oh, mom, why? And I'm like, because I'm fucking poor, child. Right, because of you. And it's just, it just, it made me laugh so much. Because like, you have the coolest shit now that I'm not in your life. <laughs> okay, trick or triction time. Choose your triction. course. That's not how this works. The title is A Matter of Time. The premise of the episode. While trying to help a planet that is suffering from an environmental disaster in the shape of an asteroid... The Enterprise detects a temporal disturbance and changes course to investigate. They find an unidentified ship containing somebody that wishes to beam aboard. This someone happens to be a time traveller from the future called Berlinghoff Rasmussen. <laughs> I'm sorry. <what? laughs> Wait, this is the part of the show that is, is true, true, right? Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> this is all true. <laughs> Bellinghoff Rasmussen. Bellinghoff Rasmussen, and he has a special mission for the USS Enterprise. <laughs> is it to rename him? Right. What happens next? Is it A, time agent Berlinghoff Rasmussen has been sent from the 26th century to prevent the birth of a galactic dictator who history says was born on Penthara 4, the planet that the Enterprise is currently trying to rescue. After proving he is who he says he is, Picard has to make some tough decisions about whether he should save millions of lives on the planet now or protect trillions of lives from a dictator in the future. B. Professor Berlinghoff Rasmussen has come from the 26th century as a historian to observe and survey the crew of the famous Enterprise D. He insinuates that the rescue mission to Penthara IV is a pivotal moment in history, but refuses to say why, which causes Picard and the crew to second-guess every decision they make. A. I stumped you! Yay! Yay! It isn't! This week, it's actually B. So, talk us through I, your logic. I was, right, I was right on the verge of saying B, and mm-hmm. I now wish that I would have followed my second instinct, but my first my first thing was, there was this one little thing, like, after proving who he said he was, and I was like, that's a really important key moment in this episode, is mm. you don't just immediately believe the time traveler. Yeah, you, of like, course. You take a minute to be like, Tell me something that I, you know, so, so I, I like that particular detail, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the wiping out of the planet is a pretty big deal. And I felt like it was um, uh, a problem that Star Trek tries to solve, you of know, course. but yeah. it also a felt a little problem. bit Loki to me. So that should have been my mm. other hint that it was you is because we were, well, we're currently watching Loki. Oh, I didn't even think and of it, that. And it very much had a, we need to stop this person from being in the sacred timeline vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's so. Oh my god, I didn't even. It's he who should not be named, or he who yeah, remains. Yeah, he who yeah. remains. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I subconsciously must have done that. That's so yeah. interesting. I knew better. I knew better. I should have done it. God damn it! I've been stumped. Part two. What happens next? A. If it sounds at all like something from Loki. <laughs> well, now I'm second guessing everything. <clears throat> A. While Rasmussen interviews the crew one at a time and gets everyone to fill in surveys relating to their fields of expertise, Geordi comes up with a dangerous plan that could save Penthara IV from a deadly ice age. But if his calculations are off, it will instead vaporise the planet's atmosphere. (laughs) Picard, please... It's always like one or the other, isn't it? Save the day, vaporise atmosphere. Picard pleads with Rasmussen as somebody from the future to help him make the right decision and save the planet. But Rasmussen refuses and will not violate the Temporal Prime Directive. B. While the crew are working on a plan to save Penthara IV, Rasmussen becomes obsessed with Data in particular, asking him about his lifespan, his abilities, and how he feels about mortality, and why he chose to, quote, waste his abilities in Starfleet. Data obsesses over this and assumes that his current path means that he won't survive until the 26th century and resigns from Starfleet to protect Dr. Soong's legacy. <gasps> What's your thought process? Well, first of all, congratulations. You have been tweaking I tried. this one really well. Yes! <laughs> okay, what, what, where is this at in, in the series? Is this like, what season, what episode, like, where are we, is this, this, is this the end is... of the seasons, the beginning, because that might help me make a decision if this is like a cliffhanger. This is season five, episode nine. 
so 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 t- so so tell me about like how this this vibes is it middle because there's 20 episodes so it's like middle. 23 episodes per season usually this is around about the middle well then it's going to be a yes it is a correct <laughs> okay talk talk me through that how'd you get because to data's not gonna resign <laughs> like it's yeah but but okay but he has resigned and then they resolve it by the end of the episode oh i see right okay 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 i mean i was really close to picking that one too because nice it just seemed like it makes sense for stuff that we see in Picard later that they might pull an mm. episode and say somebody is really obsessed with an AI and, you know, like what happens in the future with AI technology. And maybe he's just like super obsessed because he's just on a, on a mission to find information. Yeah. And the fact that he's obsessed means that data doesn't exist in the 20th It doesn't century. though. It doesn't. Like in my mind, it's like data maybe made the wrong assumption. And he's just getting information so that mm. they can, like I wouldn't have assumed that data wasn't around. I would have just assumed that he, there was an interest there. So that's cool. Yeah. But it makes sense that there would be, <laughs> <laughs> that there would be a like, okay, but if I'm a calculation off, everybody right. dies. Always. He's like, if I'm one degree off, I vaporize the atmosphere instead of saving them. The other way that I would have, likely gotten to a is that um in the introduction stuff you said that he was there because something was going to happen with the planet and your option Mm. didn't include anything about the planet it included data nice and that is the little thing that i left that i put in there because i was like suddenly we take a right turn into focusing on data and his career what happened to the planet. the planet stuff. That's what I that was, was hoping you'd latch on to. Oh, nice. clever, clever, Ian. That's stumpery. I do have a question. Because in, in A, you said, like, refuses to, you know, go against the prime directive. But yet yes. he's there to interview them. So isn't that just him being there? Mm-hmm. And the crew, uh, Picard, is like, why are you here? And he says, I've, like, basically, I've, I'm allowed to be here. It doesn't interfere with anything. It's okay don't worry, I'm 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 fine, but I can't tell you anything. Part three. After failing to convince Rasmussen to help him make the decision, Picard meets with the leader of Penthara 4 and ultimately recommends Geordi's dangerous plan. While risky, he believes it's the best chance of success. At this point, Rasmussen steps in and reveals himself to be a Q. Not our Q, but another Q who has heard about the Enterprise through the Q that we know and wanted to put them to the test himself. He clicks his fingers and repairs the planet, revealing that Geordi's plan would have vaporized the planet. But not to worry, he's also the one that sent the asteroid. <laughs> so all of it was a, all, all of it was a setup. <laughs> Don't worry, I also fucked that up too. B. Picard decides to go with Geordi's plan despite the risk. Ultimately, Geordi's plan works, and the planet is saved. And Rasmussen congratulates the crew and makes his way back to his timeship. However. Picard and the crew have discovered that Rasmussen has been stealing things as he conducted his interviews. He has stolen a phase of a tricorder and some technical schematics. Picard demands that he returns them. Rasmussen holds Data hostage with a phaser said to kill and reveals that he is actually an inventor from the 22nd century. And a historian from the 26th century visited him and he killed him and stole his shuttle. His plan was to take the inventions back in time and invent them gradually. However, he did not realize that the computer deactivated the phaser and he's easily apprehended. Okay, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. Can computers deactivate phasers? Yes. What, well, since when? Um, they can deactivate their own phasers. Actually, no, the, the computer can deactivate any phaser it wants. 
Like it, when it beams somebody aboard, it will deactivate their their weapons. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not something the show remembers either a lot of the time. Which is more likely? The show introduces a new cue or the show has a standoff at the end. Oh, this is really hard. I have no nice. idea. Do you want me to clarify any, reread any parts of it? There was a lot to wrap up in there both of There is a lot to wrap up because in the mm-hmm. first one, it's like the Q reveals himself and says, I just wanted to fuck with you and figure out who you were because I heard mm-hmm. about you. And in the second one, it's like, uh, it's like I'm actually a, a thief. I think it's B. It is B. Yay! Congratulations. I was almost hoping how convoluted that ending is would throw you off because it's, it's so, so it's, much. All of it happens in the last like minute of the episode because the focus is on this planet and whether it's going to be, that's the moral quandary, whether they are going to vaporize everybody or not. And in the last minute, it's revealed that Rasmussen has been stealing everything. He killed a man from the future and managed to work out his time ship then came here to steal technology to take back in time to reverse engineer and invent himself. I mean, <laughs> it's nuts, but I feel like it's... For some reason, them introducing a new cue feels even more of a stretch. <laughs> Interesting, because that also happens in another episode Does of Star it Trek. really? Oh yeah, my god. I took that as a bit of inspiration. They they do introduce other cue. Like and, and also the temptation is that this one was all about the the planet. So like your option that mm. you wrote was great because it was all about the planet. It's like no, yeah. I'm gonna save you. It's not a big deal. Nice. Snappy, snappy, snappy. But in the B option, the one that it actually is, the planet stuff wraps up, and then it's mostly about how quirky this time thief is. So right, Berlinghoff Rasmussen. <laughs> what a crazy name! I want to show you a picture of him okay, actually. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Oh my God! Berlinghoff Rasmussen. <laughs> Had you shown me this character <laughs> from the start, I would have instantly picked B because he is so I, shady looking. <laughs> I nearly did. I nearly showed you a picture, but I was like, "Nah, this is on shady MF. There's no, there's no way." Phil says, "Sin relationship that was never mentioned before becomes relevant relative to the relevant to the plot cliche." Yes, that is actually, and I've just written a very similar scene in something we're sinning it's one of my biggest pet peeves it happens in uh the new ish creed movie that came out last year that is already up and about it just it's going into the past to fish out something but this i kind of give a bit more grace because it feels like they planned this from the beginning like it's not to create a movie this is to explain the core of Mariner. Yeah, it's still uh, a trope for sure. Yep. But you know, I kind of like it. Personally, I kind of like it. I feel like sometimes that's just how it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love it. In this case, it really works. Yeah. Sometimes the sin works. Mariner's erratic behavior now makes sense to me as long-term functional PTSD. Mm. I've known people who displayed that roller coaster of positive, negative, positive, negative mindsets. Kudos to Lower Decks. I buy it. Like, I, I love it. Too. It feels really fleshed out. Well, and that's one of the things I we've mentioned in previous episodes is like it really does feel like Mariner is going through some shit. But I really wanted the writers to give it the weight that it deserved by actually talking about it. And yeah, we're sending that there's not therapy available, but potentially that will change. Maybe in the next episode she gets through a lot of shit and decides she needs to really go and like work through her 
her trauma and get some application tools because, you know, it's one thing to watch this episode and think that she had like a revelation and that she's moving through it. But without the tools to really understand your triggers, I, mm-hmm. I fully expect someone like Mariner to to have some pitfalls, you know, because she is so quickly and instantly willing to throw herself into danger. The yeah. the, the process of panic or like the trigger happening and then her reacting is just like a millisecond. She just instantly jumps in. So without really stopping in that moment and having someone to rein you in and say, okay, let's talk about what's happening and why you're making your decisions. And that way you have a moment to interject a new thought pattern. You know, like our brains are designed to create the most fast and quickest pathway to perform our muscles and our bodies are designed that way like repetitive motion repetitive thought creates the systems that we use to stay on the rails of our life and so like my thought patterns are going to be pretty ingrained at this point in my life from point a to point b and to break that pattern down it really requires you have to stop in the moment like if we were being driving in a car you have to physically stop get out you know take a deep breath and look at the engine and look at the things. And even though you're like, I could just keep driving the same route that I always did. You've already decided, no, I can't take the same path any longer. And you have to make active choices in that moment to turn the wheel and take a different direction. It takes a lot of effort to change your patterns of thinking and to change the patterns in your body. Like it takes so much purposeful, intentional conversation within the confines of a place that's safe so that you can be raw and say things that are really, really strange and like, it just takes so much effort. Can this can this animated series give it that kind of a weight? I don't know. It's such a light space, but I was mm. really genuinely happy to see them give it some of the attention that it deserves. And maybe that's why they aren't doing it with Dr. Miglimo. Because if you literally do it with the therapist, is it? it's too obvious, isn't it? It's like, oh, we've got the therapy part of the show. But if you do it with the Klingon... It's like, huh, the Klingon is doing therapy. That's fun. And that's the best therapy is when you don't realize it's happening sometimes. Let's go into some silly sins and as, as a nice juxtaposition. There was lots of Star Wars <laughs> sins going on. Flyboy and David in particular, you seem to be seeing some Star Wars in my Star Trek. I lost count of Star Wars Easter eggs. Discount Jabba's Palace, discount count Cantina, tiny hunting creature in the foreground, etc. Keep your wars out of my trek. And David said the entrance to the comp station on Sherbal 5 was just an ATST with a few Ewoks short of being the entrance to the shield station station shield generator station on endor i like that you both saw the star wars in it that's amazing for me the lines kind of blur like it's like who inspired who because at some point every alien station looks the same to me um well and i'm sure somebody who is like an aficionado of like sci-fi books would say oh it actually first appeared in this book yeah it was harlan you know? ellison's he did it first like in 1902 <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh link has a question how long has mariner been in starfleet this has been really ambiguous and today i think we get the best indication of how long it's been because it sounds like she was a year or two younger than Sito, and i think starfleet academy is something like four or five years i think or six years something like that you go there when you're like 17 or 18 so then you'd be 24 by the time you graduate that episode of TNG happened, I'm going to say, 10 years ago. So I think Mariner is in her early 30s. 
ish, but has stayed an ensign for seven years or has been promoted, demoted, promoted, demoted. So I think she's been in Starfleet six or seven years is what I would guess. Maybe the answer a bit is longer. 42. Good. Yes. As always, <laughs> as it should be. Um, Sin from Zinc. We never got to see the Cardassian lower decks. That's true. That would it's be... True. I would love that. Oh, I imagine they're rebuilding at the minute after the Dominion War. I don't think they have a lot of lower decks left. They're all kind of outer decks. Too soon? What? 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 Why is it too soon? That was a Dominion War joke. I don't get it. Oh, okay. Thursday will be Jeremy's third time to stream Spider-Man. And then on Friday, even though it is Veterans Day, Captain's Pod will be going live again for uh, reviewing the finale. And that's for CinemaSins. But for Danae personally, I do plan on going live on Monday evening over on my Twitch channel, which is at Danae Says, D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. So if you're on CinemaSins and you haven't subbed over to my Twitch channel, if you don't mind going over, you should get a notification when I go live on Monday. It, I will be streaming um, Red Dead Redemption 2 on a roleplay server called Wild RP, where I play character. And I'm going to be streaming Sadie Jean, not Babs. Sadie Jean. So please don't come at me about that. Just Sadie Jean. I'm going to start off with some Sadie Jean. We're just going to ease back into the whole streaming thing. Uh, I'm so sorry, Ian. I'm sorry you have to put up with me. I'm so sorry. But also, you're welcome. <laughs> In today's episode, shit goes sideways. I don't remember what I was talking about. <laughs>